Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Inside the K Fire Cafe, Todd Mitchell, Dr. Steve Nagel, DC. District of Columbia, only when he's in Washington visiting, trying to yeah, get our lawmakers. It's probably been fifteen years since I've been there. Uh, and you, Good you afternoon, and Todd. You, you don't miss it a bit either, do you? I what? No, <laughs> no. Do what I did. Break down at Fourteenth Street as the sun's beginning to set. That'll make you nervous. <laughs> <laughs> True story. That and South Chicago. Hmm. My car only liked certain neighborhoods. I got rid of the car. And that's why I drive by Schwann Buick now, and I never have a problem. All right, so on we go. Right I remember on. when we were growing I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, you didn't hear a lot of things. One of those, ADHD. Yeah. And, and yet, in retrospect, I think a few kids today might be diagnosed with it. But, I mean, it, is it something that just came up came in out the out modern the era of adding things to foods or crops or what you know where did this come from you know that's a really interesting question and uh and so i mean i would love to share some some insight on that and because i think i think it's a combination of both when we start to look at what like what we know and what i mean by that is some people are simply programmed as a hunter right so if you think back to our hunter and gatherer days, right? There was hunter societies and gatherer societies. And even within that, there were certain personality types that were considered to be hunters, right? As in, um, and so how their brain works is is a lot different than somebody who may be more of a planner or um, like a gatherer, right? I know it maybe sounds kind of esoteric, but if you think about um, some people are just hardwired to like, to um, base things based upon their emotions, their gut instinct, their feelings, like, and that sort of thing. And so there's there's that whole perspective of. Um, so it's like our most clever hunters may have been a little. Yeah. If, H, if ADHD is what I'm thinking, or just just well, that, that, well, that, we've put that those, little nervous edge to him or whatever that just made him that much right. better we, at, well, at we've their, put that at personality. We put that personality into a desk at school, because that's where that typically that diagnosis comes from when they start right. going to school, and make them sit there and try to learn to do things that are completely different than what they're hardwired to do. Right. It turns out not all of us were made to sit at a, a desk. I'm raising my right. hand now. You can probably hear my hand having been raised. And so, I, and that I, was me. And I, like, I... I can sit. I like that. Like that for me. Like my brain was wired where I I could sit at that desk. But I mean, some of my closest friends, like they were probably would have been classified as ADD, ADHD sort of thing. Which we're going to talk about classification too. Which is that's I think where things really go off the rails when it comes to how medicine takes care of these or, or views these children, right? Um, or even these. They adults. actually take care of them. Um. Well, or do we'll we put a ba- or do we put a band aid on them and send them along? Well, mind control, 
I mean, right. but is that called? Is that really taken care of? No, it's not. Or are you saying like finger quotes taken and care of? Taken care of asterisk. Well, and how are they determining? How are they determining if it's just the way that person is? Number one. Number two, is it that person that's put into an environment? So we are genetically hardwired for movement, right? right. And so if we're restricting movement, if kids aren't moving, right, we spend all this time in front of video games, all these different stressors, right? And if they're not moving, right, that's a physiological need. And so what happens is these kids start to um, act out in ways of like looking for movement, right? Right. The brain requires input from the body um, in order to know how to react to its world around it. And so if we detach the two for eight hours a day, we're probably just creating our own problem then. Right. And so we, we sit these children in a desk where they're hardwired for movement, right? And then and, and, and what happens is their brain starts to ask for it. So they start to get fidgety. They start to pay attention to things they're not. And, and then you go take that one step further and they're trained in front of a television, in front of a computer screen, in front of these highly animated, highly moving um, things. And then we sit them in front of a school teacher and expect them to sit still when the school teacher is moving at the speed of a human. Right. right, without the all the lights, pretty unrealistic and the, expectation, and, and the specific brain waves coming at them, and and all that sort of thing, um, and so there's all these different strikes against them, right? And maybe it's just a matter of getting them into an environment where they can function like they're genetically wired to function, right? And then if we go take that one step further, right, when we when we talk about the brain needing input from the body, right, that's where that's where um, some of the research on chiropractic care and how it can benefit a child with ADHD is if there's problems in the spine, right, they have a trauma. Like birth trauma is one of that, those first traumas. Four out of five children are born with a traumatic, um, a traumatic insult to the upper cervical spine. Well, that cervical spine, that upper cervical spine um, is extremely important. In fact, the whole entire spine is in how that information is fed into the brain. And so if that information is shut down or distorted while it's being fed into the brain, the brain's output is going to be different, right? So if it's not getting that information, it's going to start to seek it. And if it's not getting that information, it puts the brain into a heightened state where it becomes more of that stress response. Right. That stress physiology is fight or flight, right? So that person is more likely to, to, more likely to act based upon emotions and survival instinct than if we shift them into what the opposite of that from a neurologic perspective is called the parasympathetic or the rest, repair, digest, and reproduce um, part of that nervous system, and that's where learning happens, right? So if we're under stress physiology, what happens is that shifts the brain. It actually will shift blood flow from um, the forebrain, which is where creativity and thought and learning happens, into the hindbrain, which is strictly survival. And so if we, so, and so this kind of where, where it gets into like where, when people are actually looking at improving function in these children, not just drugging them, we start to look at, well, how is a diagnosis of ADHD actually even made? And in mainstream medicine, they're taught that the DSM-4, basically there's a list of symptoms on how to know if I qualify for being ADD or ADHD, right? Okay. And all it is is a list of symptoms. And I can guarantee you, if you go and look at that, there will be times in your day where you're like, oh, I would fit this diagnosis. And everybody would fit these different criteria. Exactly. We all have it then. (sighs) Right. And so so basically looking at that, are they using any actual measurable criteria beyond how that person's functioning in the environment that they're living in? 
Meaning, do we meaning is it their environment that we need to change chemically, right? Foods, right? Foods, you know, as something as basic as sugar, but as as complicated as foods that affect hormones, foods that create inflammation in the body, right? Create an inflammatory response. There's different neurochemicals um, like glutamate, right? That are, are very excitatory for the brain. When they're very excitatory, it makes the brain more like less likely to want to sleep and more likely to want to act out. And so when we talk about that, right, and we look at start to look at how does the, the the health of the digestive tract actually affect the brain, right? And so if we're loading, if we're con constantly insulting the digestive tract with foods that aren't genetically like right for that person, that aren't for that person's environment, um, what can happen is um, it creates actually inflammation. It creates more glutamate and, and prevents glutamate from being converted into GABA, which is a very, actually a very calming hormone. And so when we talk about that, what one of the things that we talk about is, well, what can we actually test to check for problems, right? Where we can look at food sensitivities. We just had a child um, that started two weeks ago. He's been on medication for, I think, four years. Um, started making some food changes and started getting him adjusted. And literally within the next, by that weekend, he was functioning so much better. His parents decided to to nix the medication um, once because they usually took break on the weekends anyways, but he was doing so much better. Um, both husband, both the husband and or the dad and the mom actually noticed um, marked changes just within those five days. Now, it doesn't always happen this quickly. Right? Sure, right. But the, the funny thing was, so he goes back to school on Monday and then they had parent teacher conferences at the end of the week. And so when mom goes in for parent, mom and dad go in for parent teacher conferences and their report is, you know, well, he's been acting up just like normal, except for something's changed the last week. And I don't know what it is, but he's been paying a lot better attention and focusing, right? There you go. And so what happens is, you know, we, we talk about like when that body is hardwired for the stress response, okay? It's kind of like what the, the analogy I like to use is kind of like a Ferrari with bicycle brakes, right? Meaning these kids, <laughs> these kids have these engines that have all this potential in the world, right? They're, they right. can perform if, if they could actually use their brakes, right? And so that, that sympathetic or that fight or flight response is very much like that, the engine and that parasympathetic, that rest, repair, digest, and reproduce is more so the brake pedal, right? But if that brake pedal is really weak due to how their body's not functioning like it should, those brakes overheat really easily, Right. And that's when you see the breakdowns, the, the um, meltdowns, the acting out, the, all these different, you know, these different things that happen. And so can we test their digestive tract? Can we look at what foods, can we do some brain mapping, right? So Dr. Rudolph in our office does some, and, and we're actually doing an ADHD class next week. Um, I forget what, I think it's on Thursday afternoon, um, but um, you can find the actual date and get registered on Eventbrite. But where we talk um, talks about actually using um, brain mapping, looking at brain waves to see is there a balance in that brain? Because we have because there's right brain, left brain. We know there's right brain, left brain, different functions, and if that's out of balance, that can lead to these different erratic behaviors. And so sometimes before we even before that person is even able to make food changes, right? We need to start retraining retraining those brain waves right and helping to calm down the areas that are functioning erratically and maybe bring up the areas that aren't working like they should that sounds far more complicated than just 
chiropractic care where, you know, you get the essentially the nervous system traveling along the spine. And if well, you've got some sort of, you know, malfunction there, you can get that adjusted and, and well, be better. What and, do you, but, you can't just go into my brain and yeah, totally. we tried that. <laughs> we tried that with lobotomies and found that didn't work. And I think we got a little too cocky thinking we could just go inside a head and start snipping and, around and override things. Exactly. Right. So, um, and that's, you know, even now, like some of their experimental. So, and, and this is where it comes down to like, what is that application, right? Because there's experimental models, like medicine doesn't deny that, but unless they can create a profit revenue stream around it, right? They're not going to want to go down that road. So they've actually tried to develop brain stimulators because again, the body's supposed to feel that brain and stimulate that brain to calm, literally to feed it information to help it calm, right? That vagus nerve is important and how that input into the brain is really important and how that calms the brain. They've actually tried experimental models where they put, they try to stimulate electrically to stimulate these nerves, but it just create disastrous consequences, yeah. right? So they, the, the science is there, but the reason you haven't heard about it is because the actual application has less to do with what can we farm, what can we like pharmaceutically um, manage or what can we pharmaceutically control and what can we do to actually restore function to the human body? And that's what we love looking at in our office is what sort of deficiencies can we correct? Not just, hey, I'm going to tell you, even though there's not a lick of science that actually backs up a chemical, quote unquote, a chemical imbalance in the brain, right? Because there, there has been no actually, that's all theory, right? Right. And even most of these chemicals are actually produced in the gut itself. Mm. Um, and so that's where a lot of this, like, you know, the, the, the different sayings of like, you have a chemical imbalance. Well, what proof do you have, you know, based with the exception of a, a sheet of symptoms that I have to rate on how they are at this current state of physiology. Right. Um, and that's where, you know, and, and, and I don't, I don't mean to. It sounds like a, a nice, polite way of saying that there's something wrong with your body and it's. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's not a fault of anyone. And then that part's true. Well, at the same time, that if you're just stopping there, you're not really diving into what's really going on. Right. And, and just saying, and then using medication as a trial and error to see if it affects symptoms, right? Yes, <laughs> medication is very potent at overriding physiology. But if you look at a lot of these medications, I mean, they, they got some serious long-term consequences. That's just it. That's and, just it. At what price, number one? And number two, how many, medi- uh, how many medicines does it take before you find the one that will well, really do or, what you need right. it to do, just because or is it really doing trial what you need and error, to do, right? Right. And so that's the other the, the other thing. Oftentimes we'll see like, well, it helps with their their ability to focus in school, but it takes away their personality. It takes a joy out of their life, right? It's like pulling spark plugs in that Ferrari. Yep. It it doesn't strengthen the brakes. It's literally pulling pulling spark plugs. So not only so yes, maybe it makes them less likely to act out. 
but it also takes away certain aspects of their personality because you're TV literally shows like Family Guy and The Simpsons joke about Ritalin because it's exactly what's, for example, just to take one, not to pick on one particular one, but that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's times it'll take two, three, four months before they start to actually see their child's old personality come back. Right. And Yikes. then, but then we think about this and oftentimes we'll, we'll hear like, well, I've been on this medication for like 10 years. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And, uh, and what damage and, has been getting done in that ten years? Right, that you can't and, reverse. And and what is it? What is it keeping them from achieving? Right. Yeah. Um. And yes, it may help them get through their classes, but how is it affecting everything else? Right. Um. And and what can a person do to to not just control emotions, but to actually bring balance and, and stability back to that to that brain? And if you see a lot of the different psych medications out there have, um, very potential risks of suicide of you know um these different things um and that's where like um even increase in likelihood of, of violently acting out to, towards other people but that's not good and certainly well, you know uh, we, yeah, we have this history of thinking well if we could just slow johnny it's always johnny right we always yeah. pick on well john doe johnny johnny Doe. john he grows up to be john Jane, doe later john, on well or jane <laughs> or nowadays jane right <laughs> Don't start me with the identifies <laughs> as. Don't yeah. even. Well, but sometimes we think, well, if we could just slow him down, so you come up with whatever it takes to just slow him down. Well, that's the problem. Is that's not what is. It, it may be a part of what's going on, but mm -hmm. there's other stuff going on. We're not right. literally slowing down somebody to a more manageable energy level, so they're not around us all. Yeah. The problem is all that stuff ends up doing other things, some of which can be very harmful yeah right and so like what like what if what if a person could start to help the body to create its own chemicals to, of to create a more st stable um person to where when their body needs to go into fight or flight right when they need to be a hunter right they can go into that mode right. and then come back out of it there you um, go and that's and that's where like that that heightened stress response and, and one of the differences between human brains and um like mammalian brains like other animals and um, well even go you know if you can even go further back but other mammals is um learned memory right so uh, like there's a book that says like why don't what's it called like it's like why zebras don't have heart disease i forget like the the title of the book is but it's it's, it's kind of a funny title but <laughs> but if you think about that right so these animals once they're they're the threat like that stress response, that threat or that survival mechanism, like mm -hmm. when a tiger's out after them, once once that's gone, they go back to eating, to grazing, to living their normal life again. Right. Huh. But humans okay. have the ability to have imprinting memories. Not that not that other mammals don't, but not to the degree that because we have much more highly developed brains, right? But we have the ability to create a lot more meaning behind the past events in our life, which can create a lot, which can actually literally recreate those same emotions that happen during that stressful time in our life. Hmm. So, and so that's where these different emotional traumas can leave imprints um, on our brain long-term. And that's one of the things that Dr. Rudolph talks about. He, and he speaks about it a little bit more eloquently than I do. Um, Cause that's kind of his wheelhouse is um, when, what happens when we actually have those emotional traumas and, and how to work through some of those different imprinting and there's we, using those different technology, the different brain waves to help the person, you know, chemically like neurochemically move beyond that. 
and and which which to me is like completely fascinating and there's a whole lot of research um coming out in the world like meditation and things like that but still but you know looking at you know what can a neurofeedback do to to not treat a disease but simply help to have that brain be more balanced again yeah it sounds like we what we've been doing is the equivalent of taking every other spark plug out of the ferrari so mm-hmm. that the Ferrari will run at a speed that we can contend with versus that's acceptable. What that person, that's right. acceptable for today's society. Socially, socially acceptable for yeah, the parameters. Right. Well, and so that's not necessarily the right answer. Right. And so a lot of people will say, like, I don't believe ADHD exists. I believe it's something that's um, because of how our environments change and because kids aren't exercising and things. And and so like I agree to that to some extent with the exception of these me- like measurable deficiencies, right? That look at, you know, these different problems that were not really around, you know, centuries ago. Um, and, and looking at like looking at those environmental factors um, and, and helping to return that body to more of a, a natural state of function, I guess. Got a thing coming up that you uh, might want to check out. Yeah, we have our inflammation class uh, Thursday evening, so tomorrow evening, and then we have our um, Dr. Rudolph's doing an ADHD presentation next Thursday evening. Um, yeah. So how do, how do we find out more? Um, you can check out our Facebook page. We put everything out there. Um, um, just 180 Health Solutions, uh, Wellness Way affiliate, and then and or if you look at um, the other um, Eventbrite, um, search out our clinic name there too, and that's where we list all of our the actual events that we're doing. Um, and, and that's primarily where um, you can find a lot of that stuff. 180 Health Solutions, Wellness Way Affiliate, Twin City Drive, Mandan. He's Dr. Steve Nagel, DC. Yes. And uh, I'm going to be a, a Dr. Rudolph patient too. So maybe we'll delve into what Sweet. is going on or not going yeah. on in, in we my own We talked about head. getting him on the radio for a little bit too. Yeah. And kind of talk a little bit about his perception and things, some pretty unique perceptions on things. On, on I've been brain health 55 years for somebody to figure out what's in my head so i'm looking yeah. forward to this yeah we teamed up because <laughs> yeah shoot well <laughs> just joking just a big challenge for dr rudolph no big deal anyway you teamed up because yeah we teamed up because um it, with my background in um like health um looking at foods nutrition how nutrition affects brain health and then with the different um the different treatment approaches that he's got that he utilizes um helping to use those together to create a compounding effect on both for short-term change as well as for long-term health right brain health is one of the if you look at it should be one of the major concerns of everybody in america today it is neurocognitive decline meaning brain degenerative problems are the fastest growing um, health problem in our world today and most of this stuff goes down to chemical, physical, and emotional traumas and not addressing the cause of these problems. Mm. And that's where, and a lot of the very same principles that we'll use for people, um, a lot of the same principles for metabolic health, for chronic fatigue, for brain fog, right? Brain fog compounded over a lifetime, you know, you think about that, right? But um, when we those same sort of practices, if we can teach people that early in life, their likelihood of getting these problems down the road starts to be less and less, right? And so we're looking at not treating disease, but creating optimally functioning humans so you can get the most out of life both now and down the road. Why do I feel like we have our work cut out for us? Because <laughs> the energy drink era came along 
and all of a sudden change what we were sticking in our bodies and our brains and stuff. And it's uh, have we just made the problem amplified given that, well, among other things? Yeah, I mean, I mean not let's to go pick even, on that one industry, but that's an example. Let's even go decades before that beyond energy drinks, but to just general, like, the foods we're taught are good for us, right? A lot yeah. of the foods we're taught that we're supposed to eat that are on the base of the food pyramid. When I was a kid, our energy drink was Mountain Dew. I can yeah, see well. the meme already. <laughs> it's true, but... <laughs> or Dr. Pepper, if pick on your Coca-Cola, pick yeah. on your favorite one, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and, and so, if, well, before that was actually, well, where Coke got its original name was actually cocaine, right? Right. Um, and then they, they took the cocaine out. I don't know if there's like, anybody still alive that's going right, around. Like, hey, we need a drink. I that, remember the original Coca-Cola. <laughs> we need a drink that, guys, you guys, we need to find a drink that doesn't have cocaine in it. This would sell, right? Like, think about that, right? <laughs> Good if idea. We can somehow have the energy, but bring back the yeah. back off. Dial of back, dial back on the actual uh, there, cocaine. They don't, yeah, yeah, because we can't. But yeah, if we, you look way back there, right? And, and if you look at that and just. As things, as our environment change, the foods, the foods we expose ourselves, the amount of physical activity that we get change, mm -hmm. right? We see all these different, um, when, you know, things start to pop up and get worse and worse. Our hunters and gatherers didn't have to have energy drinks. They didn't even have coffee till, when did coffee come about? Um, long time ago. Well, a long time ago, but not. But I don't know how they made it. Like if they had but grinders. Obviously, or, obviously, once upon a time we it's didn't interesting, have coffee. Like, even, we certainly even, didn't have an instant coffee maker. No, I have a whole story behind <laughs> that. But um, my trip to Brazil is yeah random. Oh. But um, but even like so, Native American cultures they have actually a different sort of bean that actually is very like very much caffeinated and has like some of the very similar health benefits right. to coffee itself. Like and. Uh, and when I say benefits, I mean benefits because coffee can actually have a lot of really great health benefits. Oh, sure. If you're getting a good high quality coffee that's not super processed and laden with pesticides and all this other stuff, right? Right. Um, but I mean, all basically you look at all these different cultures and they use these different um, nutrients like to give them more energy, right? Or to give them more focus, concentration. A lot of people even believe that like when these different people were sent on like to go you know on their the journey to figure out who they are or what they are that they would take like different medicinal mushrooms with and things as hallucinogen hallucinogens to think more clearly right hmm. and in the world of psychology they're actually starting to um, actually recognize the use of some medicinal mushrooms in helping people to get through traumatic events in their life um, and so that's that's actually really interesting and fascinating when you start to think about like these sort of foods and things that have been around for such a long time and are actually used in these cultures. And that's maybe one of the disadvantages of having living in what we call like the melting pot, right? Where we have all these different cultures that have come together where we pretty much for the most part lost our past culture and now have an American culture with all this, these volumes of knowledge being completely forgotten. True. The offshoot of that too is maybe it isn't so much forgetting the culture so much as we've just tried to dumb it down to the common denominator, laziest, quickest way of convenience yeah, food and everything. Just looking at the surface, like just completely yeah. being very surface oriented and not not understanding, right? Um, the different roles, like where these different cultures used whatever, whether herbals or mushrooms or why they ate what they ate and um you know, how different cultures made sure that they were getting all the nutrients just innately through trial and error for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. 
Um, and here now we live in a McDonald's culture where we're like, as long as it's got a, like, we look at just calorie content and that's it. Right. And what right. does it taste like? Um, and, and I think that's where, you know, one of the areas that we need to make a huge shift is stop counting. If, if we would judge food value based not upon calories, but upon nutrient content, right. We would have a whole, all we need to do is get you running the FDA and we yeah, can change right? that well, label. I got some really great ideas. We, we change Let's, things in a hurry, but we'll make it happen. Vote for <laughs> Dr. Steve Nagel, write him in. No. Right. <laughs> Dr. Steve Nagel, DC. Uh, he's on Twin City Drive, 180 Health Solutions, a yep. wellness way affiliate. Look for him on uh, social media and stuff, too. Absolutely. And uh, 180healthnow.com on the K-Fire Cafe. All right. Thanks, Todd. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.